Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we have the director on the Center on the Developing Child, Jack Shankoff, who's here to talk to us today about politics and preschool, Obama's plan for early childhood education. I must say, he is our only three-time guest on the Harvard EdCast. Jack Shankoff, welcome back again. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. So, Dr. Shankov, give us a little pulse of the state of early childhood education in America prior to this new budget, this new plan for early childhood uh, that Obama that just came out with recently. Right. Well, so prior to the State of the Union address, um, I think the state of early childhood education is a is a one that is a kind of growing in kind of understanding of its importance. Um, more and more children are being served. I think if we take a 10-year perspective on this, there's been a sea change of um, kind of greater public support for understanding why we should be investing in preschool. Um, and um, the President's State of the Union obviously is a historic stake in the ground for this, but um, I think it presents um, as many challenges as it does uh, cause for celebration. All right. Well, I mean, let's just let's go with that. I mean, what are these challenges, and, and, and what are we going to have to do to overcome right. them? So without um, in any way um, taking away from the tremendous importance of this um, new commitment from the administration, um, I think everyone in the field understands that um, we have to pay very close attention to the quality of the services we provide. So... Um, along with a lot of very high-quality preschool and early childhood programs across the country. Um, we are also um, investing money in programs of lesser quality that are not having the impacts we want. And uh, so I think the time has finally come to um, put a stake in the ground and say that this is not just about serving as many children as possible, but it's about uh, really paying attention to the quality of the services, which obviously affect the return on the investment. Uh, from a governmental perspective, you know, obviously money and dedicated time in the State of the Union and this up in this recent budget. I mean, where can the government really do quality, you know, early childhood education right? Like, where can we look at specific examples of, of this system working for, for children? So um, I think there are a couple of things to say. Number one is um, we have a knowledge base right now that tells us what the active ingredients are of successful early childhood programs. Um, a huge amount of that is related to the quality of the skills and the interpersonal capacities of the people who provide these services. Um, and then there are other issues obviously related to quality of the curriculum and the size of the groups and the ratios of adults to children. All of these things are kind of well established. So, um, but, I, but I'd add another point here, which is that um, even, um, and I'll say when rather than if, even when we get to the point where um, every child in the country is receiving a state-of-the-art um, early childhood services, um, we're then going to have to f face the fact that particularly for the most disadvantaged children, the state-of-the-art, um, although it makes a difference, isn't enough. And um, we have to differentiate between programs that shift the curve and clearly improve outcomes for children, for which we have many, um, and the need to make substantial impacts on the lives of children who, even though they do better in good quality programs, still are lagging behind. And so this really underscores the need for new ideas in the field. This is not just about quality improvement. It's about the need for innovation, the need to kind of um, leverage the rapidly growing science we have about um, how inf early experience influences brain development. Um, and um, create an environment that is safe 
for trying new things. I think that's kind of what, what your center does so well here in a lot of your research. Uh, talk about some of these disruptions, these innovations that are going on here that can really be scaled out across the country. Well, I'll, I'll give you one example. and. Um, it has to do with the way we address the role of parents and the way we address the professional development needs of staff. Um, so everyone talks about the importance of, of the whole family and involving parents, but um, we've also been learning that just providing information to parents whose lives are burdened by significant adversity um, is not enough. Um, for people who are dealing with deep poverty and uh, other problems compounding, the economic stress they're under, um, advice and information doesn't dramatically turn their lives around. And, um, and what, so what the most disadvantaged families need is also work with parents to help build their skills, build their capabilities to provide the kind of learning experiences that, that complement what goes on in, in school programs, in preschool programs. And from a professional development point of view, um, particularly in the child care part of early childhood. We have many highly skilled and talented child care providers, but also a lot of the child care in this country is provided by women with limited education and low income who are not paid very well for those jobs. And, um, and their professional development may also involve giving information about the importance of reading to children and talking to them. Um, but um, the kind of skills you need to manage a group of young children, to manage, to create a well-regulated classroom environment or preschool environment, takes more than just a warm heart and a willingness to spend the day with children. It requires skills that many people don't have. So um, we have to move beyond this question about how many children are we serving and how cheaply can we do it, to kind of really addressing how can we use the knowledge base that we have to provide the kinds of early childhood programs that will produce significant impacts. You know, well, one thing we could learn from the business community is that um, although cost matters a great deal, um, in the final analysis, it's not whether something costs a lot, it's whether we get a good return on the investment. So cheap, inexpensive services that have no impact are things we can't afford. Mm -hmm. Programs that may cost a little bit more, but produce a tremendously larger return on that investment are, are the kinds of expenses we should be making. And my father usually says, I buy a $20 pair of shoes and they wear out in three weeks. He goes, man, I just spend 50 and keep them for a couple exactly, of years. Same, exactly. same model. So I want you to put on the, the sort of your futurist hat, not your doctor hat, not your academic hat, you're not your administrative hat. In four years, uh, the budget's out there, this, the, the, the lot of discussion on early childhood education, 2016, 2017. What, what do you see early childhood uh, doing and how is it different than it is right now? So do you want me to answer about what I see or what I hope to see. Ooh, how about a little bit of both? Because okay. I mean, I'm curious the real the reality of so it. So let me let me answer it in two ways. What I would fear is that four years from now um, we will be doing the same things that we're doing today, um, but doing it for more children. Now that that wouldn't be terrible, but it would be squandering a really important opportunity because what we should be doing four years from now are the following. Number one we should be spending much less money on programs that are ineffective and have been shown to be ineffective and investing more on improving the quality of programs that produce positive outcomes. Number two, we should be making sure that we don't focus exclusively 
on preschool for four-year-olds and recognize that the most disadvantaged children are already way behind, well before age four, and we have to reserve some of those funds, and the administration plan calls for that, to invest much earlier in the children who are most disadvantaged. And number three, and from my perspective, most important for the future of the field, going not just four years from now, but beyond, is we have to create an environment that welcomes innovation and understands that innovation involves taking risks, involves making it safe to try things that fail. No innovation succeeds in the first thing it tries. We have to learn from failure. We have to learn from things that don't work and consider that to be an important learning opportunity rather than hope that the funders don't find out that something new we tried isn't working. Um, particularly if we want to reduce the achievement gap by income, um, where we're actually losing ground, we need new ideas. And we have a rich science base that is waiting to be used to catalyze new thinking. We can't just focus on improving the quality of the same things we've been doing for the last several decades. So uh, we don't know if President Obama listens to this podcast. Our assumption <laughs> is yes, of course. You're, you're the guest this week. But a lot of our listeners are teachers and parents and people interested in education. Um, we've been speaking about early childhood from the sort of political macro perspective on the sort of micro level. What can people, listen, what can people do right after this podcast is over to help improve the state of early childhood education as you sort of defined um, like right now? Right. So I think we should start by acknowledging and thanking uh, the Obama administration for putting this issue on the map and congratulate the president for putting that stake in the ground. And I think the best way we could honor this opportunity is to um, temper our um, enthusiasm for the importance of investing early. And certainly, I would be at the head of the line to talk about the importance of investing early. But to, um, to add to that a little bit of loving, constructive dissatisfaction with the magnitude of impacts that we're achieving with what we're doing right now. It's a sign of strength, not weakness, for a field to say, we want to do better. It's a sign of strength and vitality in this field to say that we know we can make a difference in the educational outcomes for children experiencing adversity. We know how to make that happen. But the best of what we've done, which we want to obviously provide for every child we can, is going to be a starting point, not the destination, and that we're going to demand of ourselves um, stronger and larger outcomes. I think that, if nothing else, we owe that to the children who depend upon us for good quality early childhood programs because their future and our shared investment in the future is at stake. And modest, statistically significant differences are not the holy grail. What we want are breakthrough impacts. They won't come easily. They'll come from hard work. They'll come from learning from failure. Um, and we need to build that part of the field um, in the larger landscape. Uh, any healthy organization spends most of its time doing what it does best and some piece of its time 
in the back room having the R&D component that says what's going to come next. And I think that's what this early childhood field needs to really take advantage of the opportunity the president's created. You've heard the rallying call from Dr. Jack Shankov. Ladies and gentlemen, turn off your computers and do exactly what he said. Uh, Professor Shankov, uh, until we have you on for a fourth time, where can people follow your research and the work of the center? Well, uh, you know, we welcome people to uh, kind of log on to our website at uh, developingchild.harvard.edu, um, sign up for our email newsletters. Um, this is not a commercial announcement. It's a desire to share everything we know with all of the people who are interested in this field. It's a rapidly moving target. This is not a field where all of the answers are in, and this is a field where there's tremendous progress to be made. A treasure to Harvard University, the EdCast, and to children across the world. Dr. Jack Shankoff, thank you so much. This has been the Harvard Thank, thank you very much, man. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward goodbye, but this has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.